Big Drive Energy, Full Swing, episode number two, coming at you from the DNVR world, talking about Brooks Kepka and his episode, basically, of Full Swing, and episode number two, where it kind of features him, talks a little bit about some other players, but mostly a little Brooksy. And this is all brought to you by our presenting sponsor over at Pins and Aces. Check their website out, pinsandaces.com. They just released a new Yeti line. You got the Yeti head cover and some vests and some shirts. So they're always releasing new stuff, which is awesome. They keep it fresh. Pinsandaces.com. Use promo code BDE. That'll save you 15% off any order. They have the best polos in the game. They got the beer sleeve. They got the liquor stick. They got it all. Check it out. Pinsandaces.com. Promo code BDE. All right, let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any. Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> Mitch, what did you think overall of the episode? Some takeaways you had, and uh, let's get into it. Um, yeah, so I think, uh, honestly, this episode was a lot better than the first episode. I don't know if it was just Brooks more being open, a little bit more open about his personal life and his struggles. And I guess catching him, you know, at the time that they did, where he was having a very tough year, um, my one of my biggest takeaways was he was a dude that was like built to go to live, especially with how much he's like doubting his own game. Guaranteed money for him was like the best thing he could possibly do, because by the looks of like his struggles in that episode and what his game like looked like in the episode. He may never win again on the PGA tour. Like, and I I could, he could come out and win the masters, you know, who the fuck knows, but he could not make a five footer. His game is in disarray currently, or it was last year when they recorded this. Yeah. When he was talking about like, he was the best on two, he said, he's not a big stats guy, but he was the best on tour inside of eight feet. And then he felt like he couldn't make anything. It just goes to show you the mental side of the game. And I think that's a big takeaway from just this entire show in general is just how mental and it gets into, you know, guys like Joel Damon, which is one of the best episodes I've ever seen of any show, but like his mental approach versus Brooks is, I think one of my biggest takeaways is we kind of, I think COVID kind of just mesh all our years together and our brains kind of just reset after COVID was kind of over and I Brooks being a a four time major winner from 2017 to 2019, like the dude was the best, like maybe the best, like, yeah, every time you teed up a major, you thought he was going to win. Yeah. Four, one, four majors in a three year span. Like that's insanity. Yeah. Back to back us opens and back to back PGAs, um, 2017, 2018, 2019. Uh, but a few smaller takeaways, um, 
Brooks going with like the frosted tip look is terrible. It's very like 2003 uh, looks, looks like he should be playing like my, like little league baseball with that haircut. Um, Speaking of baseball, absolutely hilarious. When he was playing in the pro-am with uh, Adam Thielen, the waste management. And Adam was like, did you ever play any sports growing up? He's like, yeah, I played baseball. And then he goes, I wish I still was, or I would like, I wish I would have pursued that. And he's like on the PGA tour. Talk about your game being so fucking bad that he's like, I wish I would have played baseball. And you're walking down the waste management pro-am, like you're on the PGA tour and you're openly talking about how you wish you played another sport. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Did you catch that? Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. When he was, uh, that was in the pro-am and I, uh, speaking to your bleached hair, frosted tips scenario, young non bleached Brooks looked fucking cool. Like he looked like a badass, and then you yeah. see him go like full, like, you know, when a, like a, a superstar, uh, singer or artist just turns like full like famous and turns to shit like that's kind of what happened to brooks like oh brooks, for sure spider-man it, meme brooks and justin bieber like same kind of scenario yeah like early like european tour brooks was like hannah Mont like miley cyrus from the hannah montana days and then it's one of the the story is oldest time you either die a hero or you live long enough to become a villain it's kind of the same with like frosted tips you just start the, the brown hair or you live long or you fucking are around long enough to bleach your hair blonde and look like a complete fucking idiot. Um, you start getting a bunch of random miniature like tattoos on just different places of your body. Oh my God. Yeah. Just the most stupid random shit you could ever imagine. That's apparently in nowadays. Um, Brooks could not give less of a fuck about his wife's bachelorette party, which was hilarious. Like, pretty relatable she's like should i wear this should i and he's like i i am not even in the same zip code right now i am not even thinking anything that you're thinking curly like he was that distraught about his golf game but also just didn't give a baker's fuck about what she was wearing where she was going um speaking of her hilarious that she's like visibly nervous about like his career <laughs> like She's like, he's not playing very well. Like, where's the? She's like, well, when she's talked about them getting together and the fact that she hopped in his DMs, she's like, oh, maybe yeah. I shouldn't have done that. No, now he's I on mean, live, so it's fine. He was but... definitely cleat chasing. Uh, he's 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 definitely going to support her for the rest of time, whatever. Um, but yeah, I actually, I remember when Brooks was like the underdog. I loved watching him on the DP World Tour because he went to. Was it Florida State? I think. I think he played at Florida State, and he was kind of the the U one of the U.S. guys that didn't go to Q school. He wanted to get his PGA Tour card through playing the European Tour. So I remember actually watching like his first European Tour win. Um, I want to say 2014, 20 somewhere in that ballpark. Um, and he was like an underdog story at that point. Like he was this. I remember watching him. I'm like, God, he fucking bombs it. He's a great putter. Uh, this dude's going to be on the PGA tour in no time. And obviously he got to that point. Um, but it was just crazy to see how he's viewed now versus what he was eight, nine, 10 years ago, being the underdog. Like even like he said, he was never a Justin Thomas or a Jordan Spieth growing up where 
he was kind of the touted, like the next one up kind of thing. You know, he, he really did grind to get himself to that point, which I respect, but then it almost feels like he got a little too cocky, a little too quick. And if golf can do one thing to everyone, it's humble you. So I think Brooksy definitely got a little bit humbled. Yeah. Well, when he, like you said, he discussed, like I was never the Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth. And now I'm pretty sure he has more majors than both of them. Doesn't he? Or is he? Yeah. I don't think either. I think I know he has Jordan has three and Justin has two. Yeah. And it's just funny to like relate professional golfers. Cause you know, there's guys, I think, uh, it was who's Sean Foley is on there a few times and he was like, you know, you don't, there's guys out there that have made tens of millions on tour that have never really won a ton, just filling it up with top tens that you'd never, you're never going to hear about again. It's the guys that win majors. So they kind of like really dug into the whole major winning. And that is what, um, you know, kind of defines your career. Even speaking of major winning, like his wife in the episode, when he's just like sitting outside at the pool and like, even my wife was like, yeah, I wouldn't hate sitting out there with a fiance that looks like that. I was like, I didn't oh, say wow. it. I oh, didn't like, say it. oh, she's talking about, yeah, Jenna. Yeah. Um, dude, his, and every golfer can relate to this. I know fun. what you're going to say. I have this in all caps in my notes from his the farmer's tan. <laughs> yeah. Oh the golf God. tan is and, so real. My girlfriend gives me shit because my arms are a little two tone. I'd be like, look at this shit. It looks like he has a, a fucking white t shirt on. And yeah, it's like a permanent Hanes white tee on every yeah, professional like golfer. A farmer's tan with a golfer is just undefeated. You're never going to get over that. And even you see like girls like Nellie Corda and Lexi Thompson. And then when they post pictures like in high heels going out to like a, a gala, like before an event, the, it looks like they have socks on because their fucking feet are so white, even though chicks can get their legs tan because they can wear skirts and all that. Dudes can only wear pants. Um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, that farmer's tan is horrendous. Yeah. Hilarious. Just to see that it's not, you know, we've, we've seen, seeing members at the golf course. And like, when you, somebody comes in and they're wearing like flip-flops after the round, you're like, dude, have your feet ever seen the sun? Like the people that play every single day. Yeah. It's like, dude, those things are, uh, you know, it's, it's bad. It's yeah, hilarious. You got to find some time to like air everything else out. Uh, my forehead gets pretty bad also because it's so fucking huge. Um, you'd think that the sun wouldn't have a problem finding it, but apparently it does because I have a hat on all the time. Um, another quick note, like they try to make Scotty, Scotty Shuffler is just not good for TV. And you could even see that in the episode. They're like, Scotty, do something exciting. Him and his wife are at a kombucha bar and then he's reading the Bible. Like that's not good TV. Not Not against it, but give me a fucking break, dude. Like it's kind of hard to make good TV out of a, a silver spoon, white collar kid from Dallas, Texas, who's really fucking good at golf and does nothing for fun. Yeah. I was trying to like block my mind. I did start to like Scotty Scheffler a little bit more. I'll admit it was kind of yeah, funny. He was mean, telling the story about his wife in bed, eating popcorn and he like can't sleep because his, they're in like a hotel room and she's just fucking mucking up the bed with her popcorn. She's, that shit was fucking pretty, actually pretty funny. Um, but yeah, Scotty, uh, he's I just vanilla got, as it gets. Mm-hmm. I actually got pre mad watching him chip that one in at the Masters again. Yeah. Uh, although I will say, upon further, I think review, that's post mad. Yeah. Or pre, uh, yeah, I got post mad 
or re I said, I shouldn't say pre mad. I got re mad. I got re pissed off about it. Yeah. Uh, but he, that ball wasn't moving as fast as I originally had felt in the moment though. I, I, I thought I, the exact same thing, dude. I still think it goes about 10 feet by, but it doesn't originally like, I think right, I was like, that's in the fucking race fucking green. green. That's, that's yeah, gone. he's going to be chipping again if that doesn't hit the hole. It's like, no, nah, it would have been like 10 feet by, but un- unbelievable shot. Like, just I thought about that again, too, because in Cam Smith's position, what you think this dude's dead because you're in the same spot. You think you're both dead. He holds it out. It makes you feel even that much worse about the shot that you have upcoming because that shot's a one in a million shot. And if the dude in front of you just did it, there's no chance you're doing it. Yeah, and kind of relating back to Brooks, who the episode was mostly focused on, uh, one thing that I was thinking the whole episode is after they started it out, number 16 at weight at the waste management effectively ended his professional golf career. Brooks? Because he, yeah, because he made that bogey where he could have technically, if he makes birdie there, he's probably in contention to win that tournament, maybe get some momentum but he felt like he lost it all there when he made bogey. Scotty goes on to win his first ever event. And it's, it's funny cause I'm, I won't talk too much about episode three or four, but you see these guys that they're profiling. And back then, you know, PGA tours, all hunky dory lives kind of a thing, but you never know who's going to go. And based on when they filmed each individual player, but each of the players that are now on live. And we know that watching this documentary kind of had this like moment where it was like, yep, like they, it broke them. Like the PGA tour broke them yeah. to a point where they're like, yeah, I can't, you know, I can't. And they did a great job of framing it that way. You know, TV, you can frame stuff to be look a certain way, but number 16 at waste management really effectively ended Brooks Kepka's career for on the PGA tour. For sure, dude. Uh, that was even the shot he was talking about when he was sitting in his closet with his wife and she was trying on, different swimsuits and shit you remember and he's like i just hit that terrible tee shot on 16 and that just like set me up like you he you could visibly tell that that shot bugged him um for quite a few months following the event after it had all ended and then another pretty relatable thing was when he was leaving the masters and his dad brooks's dad kind of seems like a little bit of a douche just like that real judgmental like follows you and just shakes his head when something goes wrong kind of thing. Like yeah, not the my, the, my kids better than your kid energy until he. Yeah. Not. Yeah, ex- exactly. And then, and then he gets angry. Like I paid for you to be here type of look. Like I fucking took out a second mortgage <laughs> on the house for you to be playing in this type of look. Um, So I didn't really appreciate that. But then when Brooks goes, I've never been embarrassed on a golf course and I'm embarrassed walking off the course today. I was like kind of laughing because it's like, yeah, we've all been there where you're like, what the fuck was that? And I, for, for most people, it's not going six over the first two days at the masters. It's shooting one Oh four at your home course, like blacked out face down in the parking lot. That that's when you're like, how did I get here? But everybody's had that moment where you're just embarrassed to be a part to even show your face at the golf course that day. Yeah. And the, his quote actually, which kind of hit home and I think hits home for every golfer that plays consistently hit 
for him, it's on a very different level than all of us, even us or, you know, a 20 handicap, whatever it ends up being. But where he said, when you have it, you feel like you're never going to lose it. And then when you lose it, you feel like you're never going to get it back. Yeah. And it's like I said, it's very, it's very scalable based on the type of golfer you are. But even I've had rounds where I'm like, I think one of my it, rounds at Spring easy. Valley that I shot under par, I think I missed one green and 17 holes and I chipped to a foot and, t- you know, it's just like, I was like, nothing was hard. And then sometimes yeah. I'm like, I'm never going to make par again. I'm never going to mm-hmm. make a par. I just bogey, bogey, but bo- you know, like you get on those r- trains and it's mostly mental of course, but sometimes shit just doesn't go your way and shit just wasn't going his way from basically 2020 on. And then now he's just on the torque or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, Team Torque. Team um, Torque. We do Torked need to up. rank those team names because actually I will say this is a little bit of a sidebar. The Majestics, that's kind of a cool name. And they had their bags like custom painted and their bags look fucking sick. So that is one thing I'll give them. But now like all the live players are like pushing mer- team merch on the internet. And I'm like, oh, this is so next level corn job. Um Oh, I had one other thing to say about Brooksy. God damn it. I don't know if I, it's not coming to me. I'm drawing a blank. Yeah. He's just, he was the big game hunter for majors. And I still think he'll go down as like, I don't know how many players have won four majors, but it's probably a pretty short list. Yeah. I think that two year run will go down as one of the best, just specifically major wise ever. Like even with tiger. I think he's right up there with Tiger in a, in a two any if you put any two years in a vacuum, he had probably some of the best two years you could ever have in the game of golf. And for his game to be where it is now is just like the epitome of when you have it, you have it. And when you don't have it, you join live. Yeah, I mean, looking at this, it's actually a pretty oh Jesus, this list goes back to like 1860s. Holy fuck. Okay, yeah, I bet so, old Tom Morris had a few runs like that back. In yeah, the Tom, Tom Morris Jr. and Sr. both won four majors. They were both the open four times. Um, yeah, it was probably a four-person field. But looking at it, you know, so going to the the players that have won four majors kind of in our lifetime. So he's tied with Rory McIlroy. Um, all these other guys, it's like the 18, early 1900s. Seve Ballesteros is at five. Phil has um, five, right? Phil has six with the PGA. Oh, yeah, six with the PGA. Faldo and Trevino both have six. Palmer, Sneed, Sarazen, and Bobby Jones, and Harry Varden have seven, but Varden's 1890s. And then you got Watson with eight, Player with nine, Hogan with nine. Walter Hagen with 11 and then Tiger and Jack. So, I mean, that's kind of crazy. Like you're, you're scrolling down on this. And if you, if you do it from basically 1950 or 60 on, you're like, if you look at just majors and that's like the thing that kind of sells you on players, you've got Tiger, Rory, Ernie Els has four as well. Um, but you know, Tom Watson, yeah, Gary player and Brooks Kepka. So I mean, but he's if, yeah. Like if we're talking some... modern day, like modern day, he it, it's a it, after that those two seasons, his ceiling was fucking possibly the goat. Like yeah, any anybody that started winning majors in the two thousands, so started you know first major. So this takes Tiger out of it because his first one was in nineteen ninety seven. Anybody that started winning majors in the two thousands, Phil. Rory Brooks. That's it. 
That's the list yeah. of four plus. That that's that is absolutely insane. And like you can just tell the dude has a different gear because there's been really, really good players like that that have not won even two majors. Maybe they win one, you know, they're I wouldn't call him flash in the pan, but like Danny Willett fell off after winning the masters. And there's been a few other notable guys that like their one win Louis didn't Louis stays and win a British. Yep. I um, remember where I was when he won that ironically. Oh really? Where were you? Uh, um, We were on a trip. I'm pretty sure we were with uncle D in St. Louis at the, in the oh, RV we? when he oh, won okay. that. I'm 99% sure of it. Holy shit. That was like 15 years ago, bro. Yeah. I've got some fucking weird, weird memories, but all right. So before we finish this episode up, I want to, I want to pick from you since we just talked about how insane Brooks Kepka's run kind of is, and especially just recent runs, who is the next player to win four majors that started in the, that started his career in the 2020, the 2000s or 21st century? Fuck man. I hate to say it, but I think Cam Smith. Really? Okay. I think he doesn't have one yet. We were going to talk about, I want to talk about this on the other pod, but now that it's announced that, if players can play or eligible for all four majors, I think they'll maybe win two of the four this year. Oh, that's a good. All right. That's a good little prediction. Yeah. um, I mean, Dustin Johnson, I think he is still always going to be competitive, but wait, does DJ have two or three? DJ has two. The guy that I like kind of just sticks out in my mind. Of course, Justin Thomas is like the pick, but another guy that feels a little big game hunty to me is Colin Morikawa. Yeah. You know, like he, he doesn't win a ton. He's like a great player and he's top 10 and top five in it, but like he doesn't seem to win unless it's a major. He only has two as well, but he seems like the guy that to me will be the next guy to get to four, maybe before Justin Thomas. Honestly, well, and, Justin Thomas has won two, but they're both the PGA. And I'm not saying that that's not impressive. I'm just does saying Rom like he, have a major yet. I think he does. He's got to dude. He's been like the best player in the world for. I don't think Rom has a major yet. That would actually be nuts if he doesn't. Because I mean, it's kind of hard to pick somebody that has zero, but obviously he's got to be right there. Justin Rose. Day has one. Duffner has one. So crazy going. Woodland has one. Bryson has one. Scotty, Cam. Cam does have one. I fucked that up. Cam Cam won won the... uh, The British. The the British. I completely forgot that. Yeah. Um, Matt Fitzpatrick has one. That was kind of a cool part of the episode when he beat the fuck out of Poulter. Oh, yeah. Fitzy was... Was that episode two? No. No, that's episode... That's next. Yeah. That's a little um, foresight. Yeah, we'll, we'll touch on that next week. Dude, I don't see John Rahm on here, bro. Yeah, That's I don't think wild. he's won one yet, dude. That is insane to me. Yeah. That is absolutely insane. He might already be the best player to never win a major. All right, one more one more guess from you before we get out of here. Who? So the United States in major championship history has 280 majors in all the Masters, Opens, U.S. Like Open, P- winners? PGA. Like 280 total wins from American-born players. Okay. Who's second on the list with 55? Now you're gonna have to go. This is like early, early, but who what country is second? Britain? No, England is third with 36. There's Australia? Two, they are 18, fourth, fifth with 18. Um South Africa is fourth with 22. Okay. The home of golf, bro. 
Scotland. Yeah, fifty-five. Oh, well, that—that's what I meant well, when I said England. I. Oh, yes. Well, you don't just get the whole fuck. It. It's either England or the U.S. Is that what you're going for? Well, I fuck off. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, funny. I guess Scotland is a country within the great within Great Britain. Um, but yeah, that that makes sense because way back in the day, that's they won every British Open. Like, pretty sure right. U.S. players didn't even they had to take a boat to go pl- if they wanted to play in the British. So that shit wasn't happening. That is accurate. Yeah. So that, that makes total sense. Well, thank you guys all for tuning in to episode two recap of full swing. We'll be back next week. We've got a special guest on Andy Morris. So we're going to record this podcast. Mitchell's in New Jersey. I'm in Colorado. Andy's in uh, Oregon, but this will be a video recorded podcast. It won't be live. We're recording it on Tuesday. Um, but then the YouTube will be out probably Wednesday along with the audio only version. So you'll be able to see, we're going to kind of dive into the golf swing a little bit and different drills you can do stuff like that for, uh, us in, you know, cold weather States right now, even inside drills that you don't, don't even need a golf club to do. So there'll be some video along with that on the DNVR sports, YouTube coming out next week. Everybody enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the Honda classic. My pick Chris Kirk just fired a little 62 on Friday. So he's looking good going into the weekend. Enjoy your weekend and we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.